All right, we've got exciting things taking place, and it's exciting to see you here this morning. We are in the last week of I'm All In, and today's topic is Followers Say, Follow Me. I'm going to just jump right in with a story to get us going. A gentleman gets on a city bus. It's an empty city bus, only person on the bus is the driver. He walks all the way to the back and sits down. At the next bus stop, somebody else gets on the bus. And before that somebody got on the bus, this man, though, he bowed in prayer and he said, God, if you want me to talk to anybody about Jesus today, you're going to have to give me a very clear sign. So, at the next bus stop, when the guy gets on, the guy doesn't take the seat that's closest. He doesn't take any of the seats. He makes his way all the way down to the back of the bus, sits right next to the only guy on the bus. And the guy says, do you know anything about Jesus as Savior? (laughs) If you do, can you please tell me? I need to know about Jesus as a Savior. Can you tell me? And the guy who had just prayed said, can you excuse me a moment? And he bows his head. And he says, dear God, if you really want me to say anything to this guy next to me, then can you please turn the bus driver into an armadillo? (laughs) Now, obviously, that story is not true, but we tend to be like that guy who has not overcome our own reluctance to talk about Jesus. It's the hardest thing for so many people because they have fears, fears of bumbling it up, fears of of causing offense, somebody getting mad at them when you're talking about Jesus and they're already mad at God and Jesus and everything else. And there's a lot of negativity that is in our world, that people are afraid to go there and speak. There's this reluctance. Now, I believe there's actually a natural, I don't think that's a good word for it, but it's a sinful natural reluctance within ourselves to go there and talk about Jesus that we have to learn how to overcome. And this story is just illustrating that that man had not overcome that reluctance yet. So I'm hoping that today will help us to overcome some reluctance by maybe taking away some of the fears, maybe giving us some of the tools and equipment, perhaps getting at some things that we can share more about Jesus. So we're going to simply begin this way. There are four points today. Today's sermon's a little different. Uh, Maybe you'll recognize that just by being in front of a whiteboard. Point number one is you talk about what fills your heart. It's interesting that it's really easy to talk about all kinds of things. It's really easy if you're a sports person to talk about sports. It's really easy if you're a grandpa to talk about your grandkids. It's really easy to talk about the things that are near and dear to you. Why is it so hard to talk about Jesus? And so Jesus kind of confronts us with this a little bit in Luke 6, 45, where it says, a good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Now, I have a a quote for you that is uh, just thoughts that I 
I would be able to say it on my own, but I want it to be in front of you so you can read it too. If you aren't talking about Jesus with others very much, the first thing to do is fill your heart with more of Jesus. If you fill your heart with more of Jesus and you love Jesus more and you are learning and growing and loving him so much that changes are taking place and you're excited about your relationship with Jesus, you're going to start talking about Jesus more naturally. It's just going to overflow from your heart. Good things flow right out of your heart because Jesus is there and put them there. So you talk about the, what fills your heart. Point number two is this, build a bridge. Build a bridge. And I have another quote for you. And it is, comes from who knows where, multiple together. I say it so much I don't even know who I quote anymore. Build a relational bridge that will bear the weight of truth. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So, don't be thinking about how to say stuff, how to say stuff, what to say, how to say stuff, how to say stuff all the time. Be just building a relational bridge and looking for the opportunity to say stuff more naturally. Um, but I do want to train you so that it becomes more and more natural. And so uh, we'll want to quickly move us to point number three. Isn't this sermon going really fast? It's like way faster than usual. It's because I have a long whiteboard illustration coming. Point number three is form questions. But I have a quote about this because it's not what you think. Don't just form questions. Use form questions. F is for family. O is for occupation. R is for religious background. M is for message. But particularly, you're aiming for transition towards this message. And so I just want to quickly give you some ideas. And once I plant those seeds, you'll start to get this working for you in a natural way. So start with F is for family. So you're talking, how long have you lived here? Where did you and your family come from? Um, If you know they're married, how did the two of you meet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just keep asking questions, keep listening, keep caring, keep building relationship. You're building a bridge. And then you move to, oh, you can do all of this in one setting. If you were the guy on the back of the bus, uh, you wouldn't even have to be asked the question. It would have kind of gone there. Oh, it's for occupation. What line of work are you in? Or are you going to school? What are you studying? Or how did you get into this line of work? How do you like it? Um, That's interesting. What exactly do you do in that job? And so on and so forth. R is for religious background. We're still building a bridge. Do you have a faith background? Tell me more about that. And really listen and show interest. Don't attack whatever their faith background is. You're just asking, you're learning, you're caring, you're, you're hearing their worldview, okay? And then uh, you can move to a transition at this point, and it can go any number of ways, and I'm gonna show you one particular tool in a moment, but the transition then will be, can I share with you something that I've learned, something along that line? I'm gonna give you one particular tool that I'll be drawing on the screen. I'll give you its source, so if you ever want to uh, dig into this tool more deeply, there's so many tools. I, it comes from um, a book that says, uh, turning everyday messages into gospel conversations, or turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations. So if you want to look further into where I got this from, um, I will be doing this on the board. Now, 
We are going to be using this tool with coaches in the future and start here when we're launching, start here. We're going to be launching our first start here in over a year and a half on 1031 at 1031. That should be easy to remember. <laughs> on 1031 at 1031 right here, during the second service, we'll be launching our start here. We're going to relaunch all our coaches and uh, try to get coaches that are still interested in being coaches to meet with others and to help, and we're going to give them this tool as well. So coaches, if you want to be coach, uh, you're going to get your outline out, and you're going to start drawing what I'm drawing here, and it'll be real helpful to you, and you'll also be invited to a training session to uh, learn how to use this tool even further. So, without going any farther, let's jump into this tool. Now, um, let me talk transitions here. I have this kind of conversation with men frequently. Um, it, it might be just, and you might have something like this take place in a break room at work, or as you're working alongside somebody, somebody looks like they're down. And you have a relationship enough with them where you ask, what's up? You seem kind of uh, out of it today. Now, when somebody's hurting enough, they'll tend to talk about that. And then what do you do with it? This tool is amazing for turning everyday conversations like that right around to become a good news conversation that helps somebody deal with the issues and the problems that they've just talked about. So here's an example as if this really happened. Um, and it, it has happened, but in different ways because I didn't even have this tool when it has happened in other ways. So a guy says something like, man, our marriage is like totally messed up right now. And he gets into all the details. Hannah said, oh man, that hurts so bad. Uh, believe it or not, I have I, never experienced your particular pain in the way you just described it, but I totally get that hurt. And can I share with you something that uh, I learned in the middle of that kind of hurt that really made a difference for me and it's still making a difference for me? He says, yeah, sure, I'll take anything. And so it just opens a door. You don't do it on a whiteboard with your friend, by the way. You just do it on a napkin or whatever you can grab, and you just, just start drawing, okay? So you start with this circle here, and you talk about how God created us with a design, God's design. And God's design for us is perfect. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. He wants us to experience a, a uh, good and beautiful life. But what I have experienced and what you just described is that we, at some point, departed from God's design. When God created the entire world, in fact, everywhere you look, if you look close enough, you see design in it. Design is, is, is like the imprint, the signature of God on everything, but you also are describing how we depart from God's design. And I don't know exactly where your departure took place. Let me just describe my departure a little bit. I remember when, when my wife very uh, carefully and kindly and nicely spoke to me about pain in our relationship. And I remember feeling so broken over that description because I knew she was right. 
And I knew that my self-centeredness and my pride was causing her to feel crushed. She had bought into me as a person, hook, line, and sinker. Her whole heart was mine, and I crushed her heart with my self-centeredness and with my pride, and what she described to me was correct. We had pain. We had brokenness. My departure from God's design was not a mistake. Mistakes are accidental. My self-centeredness and my pride and all the behavior patterns and habits of my life that created that pain were not mistakes. They were not accidental. I did a lot of things because that's how I viewed it and I thought it was the right thing to say and the right way to bulldoze her into my way and on and on it went. And what the Bible calls this departure is not mistakes, but sin. Sin is not a mistake. Sin is something we do on purpose. When we decide to run our own lives, do our own thing, be our own boss, that the center of our world is not God or God's design. I want to make my own design, do my own thing. I think this is how it should go. This is how it should work. And I make a mess of it. And this departure always leads to brokenness. Brokenness is what this gentleman described to me, and I can just talk about my own brokenness, our own brokenness. What she was saying was, man, you were, and she didn't use these words, you used to be the knight in shining armor. You used to ride the white, ride the white steed, and you were just my everything. I, we were so in love, and my heart's just hurting right now. That's just not there. And I knew she was right. And in knowing she was right, I could not say what I wanted to say in my pride. Well, this is just the way I am, honey. You better get used to it and learn how to live with it. Uh, I knew better. I was a preacher. And as a preacher, I know that God knows that I can change. And that there's a better way back to a good and beautiful life. And brokenness is not his continued plan. And I knew she wasn't the problem. I knew I was the problem, and yet the more I tried to fix my problem, I spun it off into something that didn't work as well. I still was trying to fix it my way through maybe escaping the pain or numbing the pain or throwing myself at work, and that just exacerbated the situation. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways you think you're fixing it as you're numbing and escaping, and maybe you're just white-knuckling it and just trying harder to be that Shining night. We didn't even get out of the stable and I had been bucked off the horse, bucked off by my pride, bucked off by my mistakes, and in the stable when you're bucked off, bucked off right into the horse poop. And all the armor's all dented and now I smell like horse poop and you don't cuddle up next to horse poop in a dented armor and feel all warm and fuzzy inside. That's the kind of brokenness that I could totally relate to. And yet I had enough track record trying to make it work and to fix myself that I knew that I couldn't fix myself. And I have since learned the reason I can't fix myself is there's no self-help book that works. Because self can't help self when self is the problem. And self was the problem. And since self was the problem, I needed 
Something better than self-help. And what I want to share with you is that God has a better restorative plan than self-help. And brokenness always leads people to a sense of need for change. And sometimes people don't ever want to change until they experience that pain where now they're open to consider change. And this need for change points to God's solution which is the third circle. We'll call it the gospel. The gospel. Gospel simply means good news. It's the good news that God has for us. When we first find out that we've been bucked off the horse and we're covered in horse poop, it sounds like bad news. And it feels like bad news, but sometimes we have to graduate to agree that our lives are bad news before we'll reach out to God's good news. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, from heaven down to earth. So I'll draw a down arrow to show us the way to make a way to actually become the personal way. And the way he did that was on the cross. And I'll draw a big cross. And he died on the cross voluntarily, knowing what he's doing was to represent us and to take upon himself. The scripture says he bore in his body on the cross our sins so that we might no longer live for ourselves, but die to our sins and live for him. He bore on himself in his body. It really, if you don't understand this, let's just put it in terms that are simple. God allowed for a miracle to take place that the pure humanity of Jesus could be a perfect substitute for us. And because he's the son of God and never sinned, it's an adequate substitute where he pays the penalty for our sin and then buries our sin with him, absorbs our sin and buries our sin and then is raised from the dead because he is the perfect, sinless son of God, son of man. So arrow down, death, burial, and resurrection. Make sure you get the whole gospel in there. Resurrection is critical. The whole Christian faith is based on the reality, not a concept, not a story, the reality of a crucified and resurrected Savior. And because he paid for our sins, we can be forgiven immediately. But we're not, it's not a magic pill where we're transformed immediately. But you have to first receive the good news. And so what is this arrow to this. How do you receive this? The words are repent and believe. Repent and believe is how you receive the gospel good news. Once you've received the gospel good news, literally because Jesus paid for your sin, absorbed it into himself, he can release forgiveness over you and you are now holy, as in washed clean. 
And having been washed clean, something completely new is able to enter into your life. And that is, he gives you his Holy Spirit where he literally takes up residence in you. And as he takes up residence in you, all these fixes that you tried to do, they don't work. He now gives you the empowerment through his spirit to change the way you think and the way you want what's good and beautiful. You want to be like Jesus, and he gives you the help as the counselor walking with you as you learn how to walk with the spirit's counsel in his power to literally take steps of change where he helps you to take real steps of change, which leads you to back to God's design, where you reclaim and pursue, sorry about my handwriting, God's design. Now, I already mentioned that I was already a preacher, so this was not the first time I had repented. This good news illustration circle is a good news way of life, a reality that we have to learn how to live in with consistency over and over again. We don't just get one do-over. It's a description of the do-over of our lives as we continue to pursue and reclaim God's design. So it wasn't until God revealed what a self-centered pride filled, arrogant, bulldozer husband I was, I wasn't God's gift. I was covered in horse poop, relationally, okay? I just want to tell you the good news now after working on 39 years is that Gina and I are closer and more in love today than we ever have been. And it isn't because now she views me as a hero, a knight in shining armor, we both recognize that Jesus is our knight in shining armor. Jesus is the one who helps me be anything good. He's the one that brings me right back to God's design and helps me to carry it out. And it is not fast. But the more I reclaim and the more I pursue. Now here's the good news. Almost daily, I'll have to apply this process. The thing to do is Make this loop as small as you can make it. Bypass brokenness if you can. Bypass brokenness as soon as the Spirit of God highlights, whoops, you're outside of my design here. Immediately make a beeline, right? To here. Bypass the brokenness. Quickly apply again the cross, connecting with Jesus and what he has done for you. And that means that I am uniting with his death oh, I'm running my own life again, I'm doing it my way again, here I go again, I'm sorry. I'm going to die to self. I have already done that. I'm dying to self again, I'm following you. I'm picking up this cross, which is hard. I'm forgiving myself, I'm forgiving whatever needs to be forgiven. I'm walking with you, I humble myself before you. Lord Jesus, help me, I need you. I pray that every day. I prayed it right before getting up here to preach. Lord Jesus, Help me. I need you. Would you use me in my weakness to demonstrate your perfect strength? Now, at this point in the presentation, now, there's a lot of give and take and interchange probably in a real-life personal conversation. You want to not just leave it here. You want to say something like this. So, now that you see this and you've kind of seen how I fit into this, where are you in this story? 
Now, there's only three basic groupings of answers possible here. There's the green light answer uh, where you invite them and they say, yeah, I, I really want this, right? But let's, ju let's just say before we get there, where are you in this story? They say, well, I don't think I'm broken. Well, wait a minute. I thought you just talked about the pain you were in. The, I think that's a manifestation of brokenness. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what is keeping you right now today? Is there anything keeping you right now today from entering away from your brokenness, acknowledging your sin, repenting? Well, I didn't really talk about what that means. Repent is a big word for turn. It really means change the way you think to agree with God's way of thinking. So you agree that God has a design and what I just did wasn't it. And then you turn from what I want to do, my will, to his design, his will, you acknowledge before God, I have sinned. This is my sin. I need you. I need your help. Repent means turn. Believe means you believe that Jesus did this for you and that he's willing to help you if you'll turn to him. And that you will even, if you're not really fully convinced, you can get to know the Jesus you don't know yet by repenting and turning to him and say, I'd like to get to know you more. How does this work? And walk through the help process and see if he's as real as he claims. And you'll, lo and behold, discover he is. You can get to know Jesus just like you get to know an acquaintance. Dive in and get to know. Repent and believe and receive. So, green light is one response. So would you like to turn? Would you like to reach out to Jesus? Would you like to ask for his help? If he says, yes, I would like that. Let me show you how that would be what I would do in the, under a green light. We'll get there in a moment. The other possible responses are only grouped into two categories, yellow light or red light. Yellow light is I'm not ready yet. Red light is I am not interested. Okay? But you can group those two into one single ongoing effort to continue the conversation. You say, I, I totally understand if, it's, if you, you don't believe in this at all, and I, I thank you for listening to me and respect me enough to just kind of hear me out. Just, I, I want you to know, though, if you ever get to a place of brokenness and you'd like to revisit this conversation, I'd love to revisit this and try to uh, kind of help you see what I believe and why. If, if that's ever you, just let me know. And if it's a yellow light, no, I'm not quite ready yet, you can, you can say, well, um, would you like to investigate further and find out more? And that yellow light... They usually just want more time. I'd be happy to give you as much time as you need. Would you like to jump into another conversation? I have, so, I have this other study that I really enjoy that gets into some of the details of this. Would you like to do that with me? You're just trying to extend the conversation. Yellow light, red light, extend the conversation. Green light, extend the invitation right now. Would you stand with me as I extend the invitation right now? I'm going to lead us through a simple phrase-by-phrase phrase prayer that, like I would with somebody who's never prayed before, not comfortable with prayer, just encourage them to repeat after me. If there's somebody today that has never actually, can't think of a time, or they know they need to do this, uh, I'm giving you the opportunity to do this in mass with the rest of us. And the rest of us, guess what? We also know we, we need to do this all the time. Repent. Repent believe, 
Say, I need you. Help me. So let's not let anybody perhaps who's praying this the first time be praying this alone. Let's all pray this together out loud if you're willing. If you are red light, I'm not making you do anything. You do what you would like to do, okay? Here's the prayer. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, Jesus, my life is broken. broken. It's because of my sin. sin. I need you. I I turn to you. I I believe in you. You You paid for my sin. You You buried my sin. You You conquered my sin. You You rose from the dead. You set me free from my sins. I will live for you. Thank you for your spirit. I reclaim your design for me. I pursue your design for me. I trust you. I love you. I worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen. Now, if anybody prayed that prayer and you feel like, no, this is for real. I need this. This is is exactly what I needed today. And it's no accident that you preach this today because I am broken. I need a Savior. I'm so glad to be able to pray this today. If that's you, I'm going to encourage you to walk up to the prayer team. Let them know that. Just let them pray over you again. And... You probably didn't have a chance to write this down, so I got a graphic for you with scripture verses that you can look up to kind of solidify that prayer that you just prayed today. If this is the first time for you, come on up to the front and ask for prayer. If you got another prayer request, come up to the front, ask for prayer, what that is also. We'll have handouts uh, for those of you who prayed that prayer, and that's for you. That's what I have today. I'm excited for this day to be a tool that you begin to use. We'll be uh, training up people that want to use this more frequently. Hope that's you as we train up some coaches. Next week, we start a whole new series, and I've done so many uh, things ahead of time. I can't tell you which one it is. I'll get them flipped in my mind. So come ready to be surprised because I'm really, really excited. Oh, I think I remember it now. Truth has an edge. I think that's it. Truth has an edge. We'll be talking about that next week. Three-part series. God bless you. Have a great day.